<laughs> I won't tell you what Anthony was doing when he did that with the, with the bottle. How come he was stepping on a bottle? You should ask the question. <laughs> you did? <laughs> no, it was uh, very innocent, the whole thing. We were just running in pouring rain and uh, trying to get to our hotel as, uh, as, yeah, just bring them up here. Just, that's right, you, you can come up, yeah? Go for it, yeah, that's right. And, uh, and so that was cool, yeah? Anyhow, I thought you were a, a, a friendly church. I walked in and somebody told me off. I said, you don't look after our pastor when he's with you, you know? <laughs> Simon told me off. He said, what, what was it all about? You know, like, we send him healthy and then he comes back with his toe cut, cut up and... Anyhow, it's fun. Yes, Andrew and I, we can say the same about uh, what Anthony said about us and the friendship that we have with Christine and Anthony. We say the same about the friendship that they have with us. Um, I'm so happy because years ago, uh, the, this mission society through which we have been sent to Austria said to us, oh, there is a guy who is now in charge of part of Europe, and Austria comes under that part of his uh, kind of, uh, um, what do you call that, um, looking after the missionaries there. So you should meet this guy. I don't know how many years ago was that. Was that 20 years ago or something like that? So I said, well, well, another missionary, mission director that we have to meet. I'm supposed, I'm, supposed to do, I'm supposed to do that. So I was in England with another young man, and so we thought, let's go to York and meet this man. And uh, uh, how do you say that in, uh, in, in English? Was it love at first sight? That <laughs> <laughs> was really cool. You know, because sometimes it can be everything very much on paper. You know, you're supposed to relate to this guy, send him some letters, tell him how you're doing, and he visits you, and uh, then um, he checks how you're doing, and he goes home again, but there is no very much relationship. And I understand it's not always possible to be in good relationship with so many people around the world. But we are so thankful, Andrew and I are so thankful that this was more than that for us. And this, uh, Anthony and Chris have been friends in our lives and um, for our families. I think all three of our kids would like to be here today. They cannot be here, but they would love to be here because they love also Aunt Chris and their family. So thank you. We feel very much at home. And also, I must say that um, uh, the whole of the network, you know, the, the people that influences me, influence me or us, uh, are people who influence a lot of people also in Austria because we influence a lot of people in Austria, you know? And uh, you cannot imagine, you must think of your church that uh, the larger part of your church is not here, is in Austria. You should, think, you should think it this way, you know? Because this is the people you as a church are influencing and uh, it, it's, it's, it's so powerful to see how the revelation and the sound that God produces here in the house, how it's influencing us in Austria, in Europe, and it's really fantastic. I would need about three hours or even more to tell you what's happening in Austria, but let me tell you this. Uh, if when Andrew and I went out to Austria as young missionaries, you would have come to me and you would have told me, Gianni and Angela, in 30 years' time, this and this and this is going to happen in Austria, partially because of your ministry there and partially because God is going to do something that is like that. I would have said to you, you're very nice. <laughs> you are very nice. I, 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 I know you're very positive and full of faith, but I mean, we hope God is going to do a few of these things, but not that, what you're saying, you know? Uh, and uh, the people who used to say that Austria... It's a graveyard of the missionaries. They, they were wrong. Maybe it was in the past like that, but we're having a good time in Austria. It's not always easy, you know, but we're seeing lots of things happen which it was only a dream for us. Just to tell you, for example, right now, we are preparing um, uh, religious teachers, IRE teachers, from our network who are going to be teaching in every school in Austria where children are from our network, and uh, is going to be paid by the government, and many other doors are being opened in Austria. And this was five years ago impossible. 
If you would have told me five years ago, we're going to become recognized just like the Catholic Church is recognized, or like the Lutheran Church is recognized in Austria, because until only recently, we were just a cult and a sect, because we were not Catholic or Lutheran, uh, which are most Catholics, most Austrians. And, uh, and, but things have changed so rapidly. So I want to encourage you, if, if, even if you are maybe in a situation in which you think it's difficult, it's hard, other people in my situation haven't seen a good result, haven't seen the turnaround, uh, haven't seen something positive happen, I want to encourage you, if it's possible for this to happen in Austria, it's possible for it to happen in your life. And always be hopeful, always be expecting that it's going to get better if you're in an impossible situation, you know? So I want to encourage you. So let's read, I will read something from the Bible, from Hebrews. And just to say, because when I say Paul says, I kind of believe that Paul wrote Hebrews. But uh, if you don't agree with, with me, it doesn't matter, okay? Hebrews is a letter that it was written to, to the Hebrews. And I know as a church, you've been reading a lot of Hebrews. And uh, because we've been listening to the teaching and the preaching of Ant here and Christine from the church. But, um, and, um, you know, I grew up in a Christian family. I read the Bible, I don't know how many times in my life. And I have, um, I have a Bible until recently, I read a Bible that on, on purpose had no marks on it. And since we have the computer now, I read the, the Bible from my iPad or from my computer, and there is no marks there. And I'm very pleased with that because I can read it as if I never read it before. One of the prayers I pray to God is when I read is to help me to read the Bible as if I've never read it before. You know, uh, and because you see things that you've never seen before. And I was reading Hebrews in the chapter 12 and verse 1 and verse 2, and I was reading this, and before this chapter, and you know, Hebrews was not written with chapter and verses. The whole Bible wasn't written with chapter and verses. So it was just a whole narrative, you know, and a letter. And so the chapter before chapter 12 is a bit of the Bible where lots of um, normal men and women uh, are mentioned which have done extraordinary things. You know, I used to say great men and women, but this term great men and women automatically makes most of us think, oh, well, it's not me then. <laughs> because I'm not great. You know, they were great, but not me. So it's ordinary men and women, just like you and I, and, but they did incredible things. I mean, cra really crazy things, you know? And, and then, after this chapter 11, chapter 12 starts, and it's written, uh, th these words are written, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight or burden and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, um, and uh, is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, um, the good thing about reading the Bible without any marks, you know, is that usually when I read this part of the Bible, I kind of majored on this, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin. But it's interesting because we have been so sin-oriented also as believers, I kind of always read, you know, sin is bad, so we should lay down the sin. And as I was reading some time ago this verse, it dawned on me that actually it's written, first of all, every way. And then the sin. Actually, in the German Bible, it says, lay down every burden and also the sin. Kind of, the burden is actually more important than the sin. And, and then I, God started speaking to me, and I discovered, actually, in my job as a leader, as a pastor, I have to do with many, deal with many people. You know what I discovered? that weights and burdens are the reason more, the reason because why we, we don't run the race we would love to run more than the sin. And so I started to think about it, about my life. I started thinking, why is it that even though I am doing what I like to do, I am doing what God has called me to do, why is it that sometimes I'm so burdened and I even heard other preachers say, you know, I've been many times where I wanted to quit the ministry. I'm thinking, if you're doing what you like to do, why do you want to quit it? And then 
something developed in me in which God showed to me and God spoke to me. And very often I can only preach stuff that is really hitting me. I, I'm not that kind of preacher who just takes a truth, which is also good. You can do that. You can take a truth and teach it, you know. I'm more, I like to be more inspirational pastoral. And that's what I'm going to be tonight for you, I hope. And for some of you, it's going to be an interesting night uh, tonight because something is going to happen in your life that is very, very important. Because some of the words that are written in the Bible, they seem to be a, a, a passing by comment, they contain a very powerful thing. That's why it's important that we read and we kind of meditate. We think about it, right? And um, so it's very interesting that here it doesn't mention sins first. It's, it mentions burdens first, you know? And these burdens are not sins. Sins is something else. Burden is something else. They are things, they are weights which weigh us, weigh us down. You know what? In my life, I have been aware of sin much quicker than the burdens I was carrying. With burdens, you go on for a long time before you have noticed it. And then life starts to become, you know, difficult and marriage or job or many things. Even, even as, a, as a follower of Christ, you're then thinking, what's wrong with me? What's the matter with me? Why, why, why am I so burdened? I'm not talking about saying, why is it so difficult? Why then I become discouraged? Right? So here it says in Hebrews, uh, in the NIV, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders. Now listen, if the Bible... Tell us about men and women who have done extraordinary things. What God does right after, he tells us something very important that we, normal people, can also do extraordinary things. And what he says us, he tells us straight away is, lay down, throw off everything that hinders. He's not saying, well, you don't have what it takes to do extraordinary things. No, no. He's, he, he, the, God thinks that you have what it takes to do extraordinary things. So all you have to do is throw of things that hinder. Just lay them down. Things that hinder. Another ver uh, Bible uh, translation says, let us also lay aside every weight or every hindrance. Even Jesus spotted that out when, when he, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says to the people, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Interesting, he did not say, you sinners. He didn't say that. So Jesus looks at the people and he sees something that also Paul knows people are carrying all their lives. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's amazing how little though we speak actually. I don't know. I, I hardly ever preached about burdens. You know, I, I don't think I've been aware in my life of burdens as much as I've been aware of sin. And yet I've discovered that burdens is something that holds people back more than sin. They are the reason why we don't run as we want to. They are the reason why it's the burden. That's why it says, lay aside every burden. They are the reason why we don't run as we would love to run, you know? And it's the reason why life is hard. And as I said also, even as believers, this burden is what takes uh, the joy out of our lives. And that's why the Bible says, uh, what I read, uh, look at Jesus, take Jesus as an example, because of the joy set before him. You know, the to have joy in life is very important. It makes us endure everything. So the Bible says, it's now your turn. Throw off everything that burdens you. And Paul, or the writer to the Hebrews, assumes that we all have burdens. He takes it for granted. He says, so you do it. He doesn't say some of you should do that. He says, all of you should do that. Just lay down burdens so that you can run the race that is set before you. And uh, because I, be, you know, I heard more than, more than once people say, no matter what happened to me in my life, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go on. I'm going to leave everything behind, and I'm going to go on. And uh, what we do, we say, I'm going to go on, 
And because in life, we, whatever happens in your life, we, can't, we, we, we add burdens to ourselves. We gather burdens. Whatever situation we are in life, and mostly situations which are very negative, we, we gather burdens. So what happens, so I'm going to entertain you a little bit tonight. Huh? What happens is we say, no, no matter what happened to me, no matter what people said to me, I'm going to go on. You know, and some of us have also rock, rock sucks, no, rock pack, and, and so other things happen to us, and we just carry on in life, and we go on as if nothing happened to us, and I appreciate that we say, I don't want to look back, I want to look forward, but the thing is, the truth of the matter is, and that's why the Bible says, it takes for granted that we all have burdens, it says, lay down burdens, so that you can really Go on and move on and, and, uh, and run the race uh, that you have set in your heart that God has got for you. So even if we say, no matter what happened, I'm going to run, we need to lay down burdens. I don't know if you are a holder, you know, somebody who just gathers stuff. How many of you like to gather stuff? Oh, my. <laughs> my wife should also put her hand. No more. When I married my wife... She had lived until then in a manor in, in Cornwall with nine bedrooms and I think another nine storerooms, storage rooms. So whatever they saw, they bought, especially if it was a good deal in the market, they bought it and brought it home. So they had so much space. And then when Angela's mom and dad had to move, I don't know how long it took. <laughs> you know, at the latest, when you move home, you realize how, many, how much stuff you have. Is that right? Who, who's had that happen to him? Yeah. You realize, and you start to throw so many things away. You know, you throw lots of stuff away. What do you do? What the Bible says, lay aside, throw away everything that hinders. Just wait. Just stuff that you gathered which you don't need. But, you know, the same stuff happens to us in life. We go through life, through circumstances in life, and we just gather stuff. And this is not sin. It's not sin. It's burdens. It's weights. That we should purposely recognize in our life. And the Bible says, just simply, just throw it away. Just lay down. Throw it away. Wow. What Jesus saw in people's life when he said, when he said to people, um, uh, take my yoke upon you, come to me and have rest. He did not see physical burden. He didn't see people carrying lots of stuff physically. He saw people burdened in their soul. And one of some of the things I will mention, because I believe there are some people here, and I have learned uh, that when I bring examples, they are not always examples just to explain something. These examples which also affect some people or explain or uh, define some people who are listening to me. I'm trying to, I preach more and more in Italian recently, so some Italian is coming, <laughs> I have to find the English words, so bear with me. Um, now when God, uh, when I realized that God had a call for me or, or an assignment for me to come to go to Austria, and I realized that my calling, what I had to do, and not because I realized, because I liked I wanted to become a missionary. When I was five years old, my mom, asked, my mom asked me, what do you want to be when you become a big man? And I said, I want to be a missionary. You know, later on, I realized, actually, I wanted to be a missionary, and I was going to preach the gospel. And I was going to communicate with people. But you know what? I had a big problem. I was carrying a massive, a massive burden with me, among others. One was very big. And if you would have opened this burden, this suitcase I was carrying, you would have found inside... Fear of men. Fear of men. So my heart, you know what happens? Your heart and your desires, and I preached last time when I was here about desires. Desires don't, um, desires don't take account of your burdens. You know, you have desires which propel you in your future, and they don't take account in what you can afford, or what you cannot afford. They don't take account in what you fear and what you don't fear. So I had this desire to stand in front of people and preach, and yet in me I had such fear of man. 
And I remember <laughs> the one time in my life when I stood in front of a large number of people and with my guitar, I sang a song. And it was in a youth conference in the south of Italy. And I just came out of my rebellious kind of uh, phase of my life. And I, I was playing with a band in our church. And in this youth event, I sang a song which was, it was not the typical song people were used to listen to in church. We, we, we used to basically sing hymns and, and, and very traditional songs. And here I was in a youth event, and in the south of Italy in those days, in the youth event, there was more older folks than youth. Anyhow, there was maybe two or three hundred young people, then there was another couple of hundred mums and dads and uncle and grandpas and stuff, they were there. I don't know what they were doing, checking on us maybe, I don't know. Anyhow, I was singing there in the church, in this very, very well-known church. And I was singing, and while I was singing, this this older man, this very well-known pastor in the area, stood up and he said to the guy who was at the mixing desk, he said, put the volume down, put the volume down. And then I was alone singing with the guitar and with the, with the harmonica, like a la Bob Dylan, you know, like, and I thought I was doing quite good, you know, and my mom and dad were also there. Anyhow. I'm singing, and this guy shouts in front of everybody, hundreds of people there, talking to the guy on the mixing desk, which was beside me there, and he said, put the volume down, because this song was too worldly for him. It was too evil. I don't know what it was. You know, he, he thought this was demonic, what the guy is singing. Actually, nowadays, he would laugh about it. It was just a very kind of <laughs> a nice song. You know, It was a Christian song also. And, uh, and then, uh, then the guy who was a friend of mine on the mixing desk, he said, no. So I was singing, the guy shouts to him, put the volume down, and he shouts back, no. And in Italy, we do this. You know? It means no. No. And the guy shouted louder. And I, was, and I was so... And then there was another pastor, because some of the pastors used to sit on the platform in those days, even if it was a youth event. He was sitting on the platform. And he was pulling my... He was, the other guy was pulling my shirt to make me stop while I was singing. So this was my first, the first time that I sang, I did something publicly in front of many people. So when God calls me and he says, I want you to preach, I had in my bag a big fear of man. It was very heavy, full of fear of man. Yeah. You wonder why? I thought, I, you know, my mom thought she started crying in the middle of all this because she thought John is going to go, you know, turn his back on God because he's going to be so disappointed. Actually, in me, it was like, it, was, it became actually, I became worse. Like, <laughs> because this happened, I thought, then we need to change things in the church, you know, because if he's going to be like, anyhow, but, but I, I, I had this fear of man. And yet my race, the desire of my heart was to be in front of people and preach and influence people and preach the word of God. This was what I had in my heart. And yet the burdens I was carrying in me, they were stopping me from doing that. I spoke not long ago with a, with a lady. She had gone through divorce years before. And then she was saying to me, Johnny, I met this man and uh, oh, I think he's interested in me, and I like him so much and stuff. And so, and you know, it happens very. It happens also uh, very often that somebody goes through divorce, and then you know, divorce is not easy. Lots of bad stuff happens in divorce. You know, I don't know if anybody here has gone through divorce, but divorce is not. It's not easy. It's a. It, it's a. It, 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 it wounds people. It, it it destroys people inside. And we have sometimes all the burdens and we go into a new relationship and we think it's going to be, oh, with this man, everything is going to be different. You know, oh, we're going to have a lovely relationship. So here you come in the new relationship with your burdens. And that's why the Bible says, God says to us, lay down every burden because this burden will hinder you in the next relationship. Failures, for example, are burdens in our lives. I don't know how many times you failed in your life. I failed many times. I did stuff and it just went wrong. And, uh, 
and I failed many times in my life. But you know what? Failures, if we, if we don't lay down these burdens of failures, we will just carry, carry on. Even if we move on, even if we say, I'm not going to be held back by these failures, even if you say that, but you carry these burdens and you gather these burdens and you don't lay them down, they're going to hinder you in what you have in your heart for your future. Disappointment is something also that becomes a burden in our lives. Or the family history. Whatever your family history might be. Some families have uh, heavy histories. Every heavy past. And sometimes family history can become a burden. Like God says, lay down that burden. You know, there are some stuff I liked so much what I heard today. God is in control. It's not true. God just let things happen in our lives. They just happen. You know? It's you know, some stuff that happens is not nice. And yet God says the, the stuff that happens in your life that is not nice, that, is, that becomes a burden in your life, I ask you to lay it down. And I discovered that it's possible to do that. Burdens of performance, to have to perform. Maybe you were raised in a way that you always have to perform in front of your dad or your parents. You have to prove stuff. And you have to, you have to earn everything and you still have that in your life, or the burden of ministry. As I was preparing and I was writing some of the examples, the Lord said, somebody is gonna, not, not somebody who is here today, but somebody who's going to listen to this message on, on, on the internet. You need to hear this. The burden of ministry is burdening you. And I want to repeat what I said at the beginning. Something that you like to do, but it's become a burden for you. It's not interesting that Jesus says, my burden is light. And you know what Jesus came to do on earth? To die for the world. And he said, my burden is light. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I hear some pastors and people say, oh, the ministry. And I think, well, it can't be bigger or more heavier than die for the whole world, to take on the sins of the world. I mean, and Jesus said, my burden is light. It's very interesting. Jesus had this, com this mission in the world to take on our sin, to die for the world. He knew what was going to come was not going to be easy, and yet he said, my burden is light. This means, people, that some of us are carrying burdens that we should never carry. And this is why Jesus felt so sorry for the people. He looked at them and he said, oh, my goodness me, you are so burdened. You are so burdened. Obviously, religion is one of the burdens that we, we put on us. But there are many things in life that we, we have burdens which we are not supposed to carry. Burden of religious upbringing, I've written here. This was my burden. I grew up in a very religious environment with lots of laws and regulations, what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do, and when you, when, you, when you do something bad, God beats you up and God goes away from you and then you have to find your way back to God again and all that stuff. I, I didn't grow up with the, you know, it was years after when I, we were already missionaries in Austria. I was driving one day listening to a tape a tape, so it was a while ago, a tape of a, of a man called Yonggi Cho from, uh, from South Korea in Seoul. And he has, I think those days, was the biggest church in the world. And he was saying how many hours a day he prays and how his church is organized. And the more he was preaching, the smaller I felt. I felt so small because I didn't pray, pray as much as he prays. And my church was not as organized as his church. I felt so small. I thought he meant to encourage me, but actually felt very discouraged. And while I was driving, God said to me, Johnny, I like you. He said that in German. Ich, ich mag dich. Yeah. Ich mag dich. I like you. He didn't say I love you because he knew I heard that enough. You know, when there is too much of something, there is a devaluation of it. You know, if you print too many pounds, they become less value. You know, they, just, they, they devaluate. Yeah? So sometimes we hear so much, God loves me, God loves me. You, it just doesn't have enough. But God said to me, I like you. And in that moment, a revelation hit me that God likes me, not because I do everything right, 
not because I don't sin, not because whatever. He just likes me because he likes me. But it was years, many years, as a believer, I lived in this burdensome relationship with God, which was a, a religious relationship. This was the burden that the people were carrying in the days of Jesus. This burden, this, this, this awareness of sin. God doesn't want people to be aware, live under awareness of sin. He wants them to live under the awareness of grace and love. This is what takes the burden away from us. So burden of religious upbringing. And you know what? It took, it took a long time for me to actually discover that God loves me really. And maybe somebody here, you grew up with well-meaning parents who taught you the way they thought it was right. And you maybe are now living still in a relationship with God that is a relationship of fear, of a burdened relationship. And God wants you to lay down this burden. Burdens of tradition. You know, very often we say, Lord, I want a new thing. You know, some of us who have been long read, read the Bible very often, there is that word that says, I'm, do I'm doing a new thing. And we all say, yeah, I want a new thing. But when then actually God starts to do something new with us, move us into something new from where we were, we come into the new with our burdens. And God says, okay, God, let's go into the new thing. And God says, where are you going? Ah, in the new thing. Not with that. Not with that. Because you're trying to take the old into the new. This is why some of you are struggling when God is bringing a message, a sound in this house. And you say, yeah, let's go, Anthony. Let's go, Christine. Let's go. And God says, and then you bring the stuff with you. And God says, where are you going? You can't take that in the new. You have to lay down these burdens. Because if you carry them into the new, they're going to burden you. The new is going to be something great for some, but for you, uh, it's so difficult. How can you all be so happy? Burden of unforgiveness. There's a great English, uh, German translation that says, you know what the Bible says, forgive and you will be forgiven? It says this. Release, and you will be released. Let go, and you will be let go. You know what is unforgiveness? Unforgiveness is as if you have, you take a lasso, you know, and Mark comes by and does something, says something really wicked to you, and you're really angry against Mark. So you take your lasso, zack, and you pull it, and you hold Mark, Marcus. You hold it against, against Mark, this is what he's done to you. And then Mary comes by, and she does something, and you throw the last sack, zoom, and you have Mark and Mary. And then somebody else comes by, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your friends, the school, whatever. Somebody in church, a pastor, does something to you. And then you have all these lassos, and you hold on to all these people. You hold it, you hold, you hold it against them. You know what happens? You know what happens every time we do that? How can you run your race with all these people holding on to them? It's not possible. This is why unforgiveness is also burdened that you carry with you. And if you don't let go, if you don't lie, lay these burdens down, you will not be able to run the race that you want to run. Opinions about yourself can be a burden to you. What do you believe about yourself? You know what I believe about myself? How, after having repeated twice the school year, you know, I kind of believe some stuff about myself that I'm not kind of the kind of person who is intellectual and who can study and who will have this kind of life where, uh, you know, reading books has to do with it or anything like that. That's what I believe about myself because twice I had to repeat my year. And there came the time in my life when I had to lay down this burden. And there's somebody here. 
You have not been very successful intellectually. And these things really burdens you. These things really holds you back. And it's in the back of your mind somewhere is there. You don't think about it. You don't talk about it with anyone. But it makes you inferior. And it is a burden because God wants you to run the race and not be burdened. Whether you're intellectual or not. Whether you've been successful at school or not. What shall we do then? I like what is written in Psalm 55, verse 22. Listen to what he says. The same what is written in Hebrews, it says in Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burdens on the Lord. Listen. Cast your burdens on the Lord. It doesn't say just bring them nicely. You know, He says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. You. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. You know what we do sometimes? We say, oh yes, I bring my burdens to God in prayer. You know, there is a, I think there's a song about it, a very old song. Bringing your bur burdens to God in prayer. So we go to God and we say, Lord, you know my life, you know my children, and you know my work, my financial situation, and you know this and you know that, you know what burdens me. And all this thing that is happening in my heart and in my soul. And Lord, I forgive and I let go and release and all that. And then we get up and we go. <laughs> and God, say, God, God then becomes Italian. He says, hey. In Italian, hey, where are you going? So, I'm going. He said, well, I thought you bring your burdens to me. And then you take them back again. <laughs> we do that. We just don't believe that there is power in the fact that you can come and do what the Bible says in Hebrews, lay down burdens. Or in Psalm it says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. You know, it is possible to lay down burdens. Like what Anthony said at the beginning, something supernatural, something you're going to meet God, God is going to meet with you. I believe that. And you cannot always explain it. But if you want tonight, you can make a decision. And while I was preaching, some of you have become aware of some of the burdens that are burdening you. Which are the things that you should lay down or actually throw on God? Just say, oh, here is my burden. And when you consciously do that and you say, God, I'm going to bring this burden to you and I'm going to lay it down there and I'm not going to pick it up again. You know, as a pastor, I can take so much this thing about the church I'm leading that it can become a burden to me beyond what is good for me. Beyond what is good for me. You know, we were, we were just talking with some of the other pastors. I, and I was saying, I'm looking forward to the day when a, a young boy or a young girl, when I say to her, what, are you, what do you want to do? When, what are you going to study? What do you want to become? That they're going to say, I'm going to become a pastor. And actually, I'm going to take your job. I'm looking forward to that. So I, 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 said to the, I said to the leaders, I said to the leaders, I said, you know, I, I, we started church planting when we were 22, right? Now, I'm looking for the first 22-year-old who comes to me and says, Johnny, I want to church plant. I want to start a church somewhere where there's no church. I'm, I must say, there is none in our network, nobody in our network with, at this age that says, I want to become a pastor or even younger. So I said, we're going to change that. So we were talking about it and we were saying, now, what can we do, who are now pastors and leaders, what can we do so that other young people say, I want to have this job? And one of the things is to show to them that it's fun to be a pastor. That is the best thing that can happen to you, to be a pastor. You know? That's why when people come to me and say, oh, are you, are you stressed? Or have, you, have you got much to do? My answer is usually, mm, you know, I do like just anybody else. And actually, I don't believe I work because I have so much fun in what I do. It would be sin to call it work. It's not work. It's fun. I get paid to do it. How great is that? There are so many people who are in the ministry who don't show this because we are burdened beyond Measure, we believe we are the savior of the world. 
We believe we are the reason sometimes as leaders why people are not doing so good in their lives. And when somebody leaves the church, the devil comes to you and says, now you are the pastor. You are the reason why this couple left the church. And if you believe that lie, you know what is going to happen? You know what is going to happen? It's going to happen this. Because people don't just say, oh, I want to leave the church because I want to leave the church. That would be fairer than to say, oh, because of him and because of her. And usually the pastor is the bad guy. Now, if you believe that, you know what happens? It becomes a burden. And you know what happens after a few years? Like I heard this guy who dropped the ministry and he opened a pub. <laughs> and somebody asked him, why did you left, leave the church? You were a pastor in a great church. And you opened the pub. And the man said, oh, I just was tired. I was tired to have to convince people to come to the meetings. And now, when I open the doors of the pub, people come without asking them. And there is lots of fellowship. I don't have to beg anybody to come. They just come. That's why I've opened a pub instead of a leading a church. Now, obviously, this man he was taking all that personally, and he was being burdened. And you, I understand why you become tired. Even Jesus looks at some of the pastors and says, oh, my goodness, I couldn't do what you do. It's just too much. How can you cope with so much burden? Now, it could be, I'm doing a little bit of fun here. But actually, for some of you, it's not fun. For some of you, it's really burdensome. And it's supernatural. God is supernatural. And he wants to release you from burdens. The Bible doesn't say go into a period of quarantine or go into a period, long period, prolonged period of time in which you lay down burdens. You know what? I believe that tonight, if you feel, Johnny, you have described me. I believe that tonight could be the night where you actually are released from some of the burdens that God is making you aware of. So that you can run the race that is set before you, that you can fulfill the dream of your life with great joy. You know what? I believe that God made us to enjoy life, to enjoy life. And God is saddened when he sees that his creation does not enjoy life, and he wants you to enjoy the life he's given you to live. So I'm going to finish preaching now. I'm going to ask uh, Danny to come to the piano and play just something nice, whatever. Jazz, blues, whatever, or oh, somebody else. Uh, and I'm going to do this. I've, I, I had uh, Chris organize some suitcases for me. And there is, I believe, Chloe is going to come here. And she's going to take these cases here. There you go. And if you put them down, please. Yeah, put them down. So we're going to take some time tonight to give some of you, maybe even one only, the possibility to, to make a statement tonight and to say, especially if you think about one or two things which are burdening you, not just at the moment, but I've been with you for years. There is somebody here, you, have been, you are burdened, you are burdened by the words you heard you have been hammered with words. And these words, every time these words were saying, it was like somebody put a brick on your shoulder and you became smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, if you want to respond to this tonight, I'll ask you to do this. Come from this way, if you're there, go around somehow. You come here, you come to Chloe. You can take one, two, even four cases. And then you go, you walk here, all the way here. You come here, and you come to, uh, uh, you come to Angela. Angela is Jesus. She's going to be Jesus tonight. Angela, come on. Angela is going to stand here, and she's going to represent Jesus. Now, if you want to throw your burden, try not to hit my wife, right? <laughs> Really, but maybe some, somebody must throw it, you know, throw the burden. And you just give the burden 
to Angela. She will just touch you. She will not pray for you. She will just touch you. Say no words. She'll just touch you. Okay? And then she'll just go and sit down. And something else. Let's not do two or three people at once. If there is more than one person who wants to respond, just wait here while one person walks across to Jesus. And you know what? Let's watch. Watch. And when you do it, you do it most probably in front of the people you know in the church, in the family. And they're also watching this that you're doing. It's a statement you make before God and you make before the church, your brothers and sisters, your friends, and you say, tonight, I want to lay, take this burden and lay them down. And I don't want to pick them up again. There is somebody who is making, taking the whole responsibility for the choice of some members of your family. And you're carrying this burden with you. And God said, you are not the savior of your family. I am the savior of your family. You don't have to carry, you love your family, but don't carry this burden in a way that you shouldn't because it's burdening you and you can't run because you're taking it so much on you. There's somebody else here. You failed on time. You were more on time than Peter. You failed on time. And you did exactly what people thought would happen if you did this and this and that. Exactly that happened. And you're burdened by that. And God said, hey, I've released you. You're free. You don't have to live under the shadow of that. Just lay down that burden. So we're just going to sit down and just watch one or two of you. I want to come, come to Chloe, take one or two or whatever cases, give it to Angela. Then James is going to bring them back again. <laughs> okay? So let's do that. It's a very powerful moment. But I believe that one or two of you need to really do this tonight. There is a person here right now that is thinking these words. Johnny, if I start thinking about all the burdens I've been carrying, I will never be finished. And God says, you don't have to think about all of them. Just do it. Just say, God, I'm laying down the burdens right now. Amen. Father, I pray, I ask you that you do what my words could not do. I have tried to transmit something that uh, you've put on my heart for the people here, for some more than actually for others. Some, of, some people here really need this word tonight. The Holy Spirit, I ask you, you to go beyond what my words can do. We expect something supernatural to happen today. And we expect a release, a lightness of spirit that is going to come forth out of, this, out of tonight. Thank you. Amen. So let's sit down and just wait. We are not going to sing. We're not going to do the typical. Just relax. Okay? And if those of you who want to do this, please come along this um, line here and then go back the other road. I don't want to stop anybody having opportunity. You can still come if you want. Uh, all I would say to those people who have done this, leave your burdens there. The, um, one of the things that happens when, you, when you've flown almost two million miles like I have is you become, you become a suitcase nerd. <laughs> I'm, I'm just awful with suitcases. You find yourself sat in airports thinking, that won't last five minutes. And, um, you know, I know it's sad. That's one of the burdens I carry around, but I'll leave it with Jesus. That, that just something I want to say before we close is, is there are many different types of, of bag that we have now. For example, we went from carry bags and then we went to kind of narrow suitcases with two wheels and a little handle that were awfully difficult to keep straight. And then we went to wheeled bags like this, okay? But then, of course, the airlines started saying you can't bring as much weight on the plane, 
So now, now we make them from lighter materials, okay? So this would be considered heavy now, and I'm going to explain that in a moment. And we also have gone to the latest technology, which is called a spinner. Now, if you notice, a spinner has four wheels on the bottom, so that you can wheel it like that. And the benefit of a spinner is you don't feel the same weight that you feel when you're pulling it like that. So all these are so that it just becomes easier for you to keep your burden and not notice that your burden's there, but actually your burden is still with you. And with modern technology like the internet and Facebook and all that stuff, and being able to communicate with people our hurts and our disappointments and needs, all we've done is we've created a spinner version that says, I actually don't feel so much of that burden because we've found easier ways to use it when... Actually, when push comes to shove, we still find those same burdens are, are with us and holding us back. And it's just a matter of time and circumstance. We now also have changed all the materials. We've gone from ABS, which is a plastic, to even lighter materials so that the bag weighs absolutely next to nothing, which simply means all of the weight is your stuff. So we, we've now even taken away the way to point at the bag. Well, it was circumstance. It was the church. It was people. We've now made it so light. But, but what we have to realize is we've just taken more of our stuff now and keeping it. But we have ways to feel it less. But then we wonder why in our lives those things happen that disappoint and, and bring destruction and things don't turn out. It's because we haven't laid our burdens down. So... The reason I said that is don't just find a better way to carry your burden. Don't, don't just find less of a circumstantial thing to carry your burden. The idea is get rid of your burden. Get rid of your burden. And if anybody in here says tonight, I don't need to do that, I'm going to say to you, you're a liar. It's wonderful that Jesus said, just come and cast those cares on me. Let me do the caring for you. And I appreciate those who've come tonight and have done that as an outward expression of faith. To say, I believe this, I'm trusting God, something is going to happen. Um, but the wonderful thing about the goodness of God is it doesn't stop when, when meetings finish. Right? It doesn't just happen in buildings called churches. It happens any moment in your life that you're willing to say, do you know what, I've carried this long enough. I'm not going to deal with it. You could be walking down Micklegate into town and say, Jesus, I'm giving this to you right now. I'm done with this. I can't carry it anymore so that you can run the race marked out for you. Because the other wonderful thing is, how many of you have noticed that now when you watch sport, particularly running, they all wear lycra. Now, I am begging you, please... Do not, do not. Some people look fine in Lycra, but if you've watched the end of the Tour de France and all the would-be cyclists now riding round in Lycra, it's not good. It will put you off cycling forever. The, the, the moral is basically that, that if, you, if you have a Lycra suit on and you cannot see your feet, you should not have the Lycra suit on, Okay. That's the rule of thumb. If you look down and can't see your feet, you shouldn't have it on. It's not for you. But of course, in sport and everything else, that's done now just to make us more aerodynamic because even science tells us that if you reduce the drag, if you get rid of the burden, if you lose the burden, you'll be able to run the race that was marked out for you. There is a purpose for this, which is running the race marked out for you. Lose the burden run the race, because God wants every one of you tonight to be a winner, all right? So, Father, thank you. We bless you. We declare ourselves to be winners in this place tonight. Help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're done. Remember, it's cheese night in, uh, in Pillars. You're very welcome to stay. We love you. Appreciate you. If we can help you in any way, we'll do so. Other than that, we bless you, and uh, hopefully we'll see some of you on Wednesday night. All right, we're done. Thank you.